Hello, Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have no very special guests. Oh, oh uh, wait, someone's coming in the door. Oh, who, who is, is it? it? It's Tony Collette's new Scottish accent. Hey, uh, <laughs> today... We are discussing the movie Foster, also known as Angel in the House, released in 2011, written and directed by Jonathan Newman. Mm. Yet another tribute to the fact that people shouldn't write and direct their own material. Um, Unless they're Greta Gerwig. It's about a couple that really, really wants a baby, and one day a sophisticated seven-year-old arrives on their doorstep and says, you've adopted me, and they believe him. (laughs) Yep. Well, actually, so I had a question. Is um, fostering in the UK the same as adopting? I don't know. Because they're like, this is a foster home and all the kids live here, like an orphanage. Oh. But then then they're like fostered away. But there's never any mention of him ever like leaving them. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're, um, Tony Collette was very good in this movie. Everything else was bad. <laughs> you thought everything was bad? Yeah. Did you like this movie? Um, well, do you want to do a segment about it? Oh, um... Sorry. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm so out of it. Yes, okay. Let's... Okay. Our next segment <laughs> is called, Is It Better Than Blue Burger? Jake, your favorite movie we've covered so far has been, Hey, hey, it's Esther Blue Burger. How does this movie measure up? I think it's better than Esther Blueberger. Are you being serious? No. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't hate it, but if I had to describe it in terms of Tony Collette's filmography, I would say it's like about a boy, but gay. <laughs> what does that mean? You know what I mean? No. By watching it? No. I don't know. It's like weirdly... It's like the same movie as About a Boy, but it's like in pastel tones. I thought the Tony skin looked great in this movie. All of them look good. Yeah, they all have nice, shiny, well lit um, faces, bodies. So okay, so here's what's up. Here's what's up. The the movie is otherwise known as Angel in the House, which is a horrible title. It's a horrible title. But it also means that I called the twist about eight minutes into the movie. And it's not... Oh. And, it, and which, I mean, I called... Um, <laughs> I have a note that says he's a ghost. I don't know why I know. He's a He's, a he's angel. an angel, but yeah. it's like same thing pretty much. Yeah, about 40... Well, about like... Hmm, an hour and ten minutes into the movie, I wrote, Oh no, is this a religious movie? Yeah, notes. because the kid asks her if she believes in God. Well, no, right before that, Richard E. Grant, the homeless man, asks Yoan Grufford if he believes oh, in God. Yeah. Oh yeah, Yoan Grufford's in this. How do you spell? How do you pronounce his name? I don't know, but he plays Tony Collette's husband, who's a horrible person. You think? Yeah. One of. The, oh, he's Welsh. The first thing that he says to the seven-year-old boy is, "Don't call me dad." Don't call me dad. Let me, hold on, let's listen to how you pronounce his name. Okay. Open in Dropbox. He's Welsh. 
And so was she Welsh? Because she was fully doing... She was doing a Scottish she, accent. I don't know I if it was... It might have been Welsh because he, she fully sounded like him. Oh. So it was almost like they were like, you're being cast opposite him. And she's like, oh, I'll just sound just like him then. Why not? Yeah. I feel like I was less willing to accept this movie in a post-orphan world. Because I don't know, remember that movie Orphan where it turns out that she was like old the entire time. Yeah, and, and she, that happened like, in real life she recently. Tries to, well, that was a hoax. It turned was out. it? Yeah. No. Was. Yeah. The, those parents just legit like abandoned like a, a child. Uh, she was thirty though. No, she wasn't. <laughs> she was thirty. No, oh, she was like thirteen. So, but this movie came out before Orphan. No, I think it came out after. But. You are Griffith. Oh, you had it correct. Yuan Griffith. Griffith? Griffith? Yuan Griffith. Yuan. Yuan Griffith. So, um... Yuan Griffith. Alright. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um... Sorry. Anyway, he's great in 102 Dalmatians. Oh. And Fantastic original Fantastic Four movie. Right. Do you remember that? No. It was him. He was Mr. Fantastic. Was Jessica Alba in and that? And she was Mrs. Fantastic. Yeah. And then it was um, Chris Evans. There was um, and then the Rock. The guy who played thing. the the guy who played the Rock thing in that movie said that he like had to go to therapy after filming it oh, because of the method acting. No, because he felt so isolated when he was in costume. People, like, wouldn't really talk to him. Was that why they wouldn't talk to him? Because he was in costume or was he just shitty? <laughs> Who was it? I don't know. Um, but yeah. That I'm, movie was good. Um, I really don't have that much to say about this movie, which is horrible. You have two full pages of notes right there. I know, there. I have three full pages of notes, but most of them are just, um, I hate this. Okay, so. Let's just hang okay, out on this podcast. Okay, Let's just, like, no, figure it out. Here, 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 here's what I hated about this movie. This kid <clears throat> comes across so sinister. Really? Yeah, to me, at least. He shows up wearing, like, a three-piece suit, mm. and he's like, a man always must look his best. I'm seven. He was also, like, a Republican. Oh Remember? yeah. So he A Tory. A Tory, sure. He was on the um he when he first arrives at their house, he asks for tea and Tony's like, Aren't you a little old young, young for tea? And he's like, Alright, I'll have milk and then he's like she puts on cartoons and he's like, Do you have CNN? Um and she's like, Sure and he's like, I would usually watch the world news, but the um it was too liberal. The for reportage me. is too left wing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. I don't know what my voice was. Just okay. There. So he so he shows up with this. He he's like super smart. He's talking about the recession and shit, which I I don't like. I just he think can that play piano. So like. He eats. It it creeped cuts. me out so much. I thought he was a very charming child actor. No, because he seemed so nonplussed by everything, which makes sense once you find out that he's an angel, but isn't interesting to watch in the moment because it's just like, oh, here's this kid who doesn't seem to give that much of a fuck about anything, but he's an expert cook, Mm. can play the piano, is talking about CNN. Has a lot of money. Has a lot of money or is spending his parents' money because he... the, The parents' central conflict between them 
is that their factory is going bankrupt. They have no money. The husband took out a second mortgage on the house or something and didn't tell her. That's their whole big thing is about the mortgage, which I don't understand mortgages because I'm 24 years old and have a BA in theater arts, so I didn't know what was going on. You ever play Monopoly? But no, this kid keeps spending so much money that lord only knows where he's gotten it i had to assume that he was taking it from his parents but they they never really reprimand him or anything he's like ordering plates and plates and plates of chinese food a fucking like roasted duck he makes them go to an amusement park he forces them to go to legoland (laughs) by taking control of the gps and not telling them where they're going He's constantly taking cabs to and from everywhere. I'm like, this is why you have money problems. And they're just like, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, like, we don't we don't have enough money to pay any of our workers at the toy factory, but we're going to None. let this kid... None of the workers. But, but we're going to let this kid order, like, a three-course meal. Yeah, a duck and beef? Yeah, right. Please. Well, let's go back a little bit. So the movie opens with them at the... Um... The adoption the, No, the, um, no. the clinic, because Tony wants to get pregnant. Yes. And she's like... Oh, and they're IVF, like, it's so it's expensive, like expensive, it's so expensive. And the doctor makes a rude joke about how something, whatever, I don't remember what it was. And then she's like, well, we don't know. She keeps being like, since the accident, it's been hard for me to get... I psychosomatically can't get pregnant. Yeah. And we don't know what the accident is for all. For a while, I actually assumed she, like, had a miscarriage or something. Uh-huh. Turns out, they had a child die he gets in a hit very by a weirdly car. hereditary-esque way. He gets hit by a car. It's by a car in, like, a back alley. While Tony is standing, like, five right miles there. an hour, and Tony's just standing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they haven't cleaned out his room. So, yeah, back to your point, though, they have... I think they have, like, way too many central conflicts. Because they yeah. have the closing factory. They have um, the fact that they had a child die. They have the fact that they're, like, not really in love the same way anymore. Which is crazy because this couple has so many problems. <clears throat> and never once do they talk to each other about any of them. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where they're kind of having an argument. But then the resolution is they both remember that they used to be in love and they're like we love each other yeah yeah they're like we love each other let's not fight which is like no like you have to have that fight they never talk talk about they never fight or talk or communicate at all they communicate through this weird orphan child whom they have found well orphan keeps going back and forth between parents (laughs) being like tony collette says that she still loves you he's Like, like really no way it's oh tony collette writes children's books and yeah. works at a bookstore. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Right? With her mom. She's always an artist. She always yeah. plays an artist whose child That's dies. That's true. Or is in near danger. Um, so, yeah, they go to this um, like foster home. Foster care weird facility place thing. That's like a magical school. Which the entire thing turns out at the end. To be a school for To angels. be an angel front. An angel front. It turns out that it's like run. A laundromat for angels. It's run by some angels that give parents fake children, I would assume. Yeah. To prepare them for the real child. Sure, but we don't know that right away. I know, but it's, I, it it made me so mad. And then also they are helped by a mysterious Richard E. Grant, who is a homeless, um, mysterious wizard angel who... 
Um, they all inexplicably just chat with all the time. Yeah. When they find him in various outdoor locations. weirdly friends with them. And the kid's weirdly friends with him. Okay, here's why I thought that the kid was evil. Was because he shows up on their doorstep and he's like, hey, um, your paperwork got expedited and you've adopted me. Here I am. They go to the foster care facility to try and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they arrive as the head of the foster care facility is being loaded into an ambulance. And the woman is like, oh, I'm sorry. She fell down and had an injury and we won't be able to answer any of your questions. And no one else works there besides the one owner who has the same last name as the facility. She's like, I don't have access to those files. And I was like, oh, like the kid murdered the foster care coordinator. Uh, Well... You thought it was going to be a horror twist the whole time? I didn't think it... I didn't actually think it was going to be a horror twist. Because the tone of this movie twist, is extremely, But like, it's very Hallmark. Vanilla Hallmark. Yeah. But I, but I was <clears> like, <throat> just imagine. I was like, this is what should happen. Because if, without the tone of the movie, you're telling me, like, what happens? I'm like, oh, he pushed her down the stairs. Sure. Yeah, if you're just reading a synopsis, it's sinister. It's so scary. I thought it was cute when he called her mom, though. No, I... And then Yoan's like, don't call me dad. Don't call me dad. Call, call me, me Alec. Alec. Oh, so like, cute. You fucking And then idiot. Um, he's like, he says things like, I prefer a Mac to a PC. My favorite artist is Chagall. And all the adults yeah. are like, oh my god, you're so cute. Oh yeah, no, this fucking... I, I, I hated this kid. So, and I usually don't hate kids <clears throat> in movies. I don't hate precocious kids in movies, even. I do. Like, I, I, something about, I could just tell that the casting breakdown said that they were looking for a Jonathan Lipnicki type. Who's that? Um, he was the little vampire. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Who is this actor? You know what? I don't it's, know, but he looked exactly like Tony Collette. It's weird. He did. It's and he looked exactly because... like her dead son when they show him pictures. <laughs> it's weird because um, they never once, and I never once actually, thought about what the kid's background is. He's like inexplicably seven and very advanced. And oh, like, no, I was like, he's a ghost. Never, like, I get that you're like trying to give him a new life, but like Tony's never like, where do you... Have, like he's he's fully very advanced. Like he yeah. surely has a memory. Yeah, of, and they never ask they never questions care. about why. But I think he's it's supposed like to be like kind of a Disney thing. That. I know, but it's. But if it's but if it's supposed to be a Disney thing, then why do they have that huge fight about the mortgage? This place. What this movie was initially only released in Brazil. Oh my god, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I I did something bad. I took out a second mortgage without telling you. And she says, she says, I trusted you as if they had had like a previous mortgage specific conversation. Well, it just means they refined, he, he took out all the, I know, but their house was worth and they didn't tell her. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt hollow <clears throat> to me. It was. Which sucks because Tony is doing such good acting Well, they're here. both really good actors, which is very Tony strange. Tony's better. Well, yeah, but I mean, you think he like... I don't think anyone in this movie is a bad actor. I just think the yeah. script is so strange. I just think that a lot of them were kind of sleepwalking their way through it, and Tony was committed. Why did, why did she pick this project between seasons of Tara? Right? That's that's interesting to me. It's so strange. Um. So the kid's name is Maurice Cole, and he's literally had, has two other credits. I hope he's not dead. Oh, my God. He was in Doctor Who in 2005. 
Foster was his last movie ever. Wow. What? Oh, no. He was in something in 2015. He's mostly Doctor Who affiliated. So, the husband's central conflict in this is that he's really bad at running his dad's toy factory and somebody asks him if he would consider selling it and he says no i would never this was my dad's dream yeah but i don't think that he should be held accountable for his dad's dream well we don't know his dad maybe i know but like (laughs) but like your dad like he's not gonna know he's dead yeah he's dead like fuck him what about the um no, but then little um, Eli saves the day because he invents the mystery. No, 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 no. He doesn't invent it. That would he be... inspires Alec to invent a mystery box. That would be my favorite column on Ask a Manager. What? Would be like some vendor sent in his seven-year-old son to do his pitch for a new toy. Should I have called somebody? But they all buy it. And then, yeah. That... And then it's a Christmas movie. Okay, we're already at the end. Should we talk about the end? Um... Yes. <laughs> so it's Christmas. They invite Richard E. Grant off the street to come in and celebrate Christmas with them. Christmas Eve. He, They let him take a bath. And then Tony throws up. Yeah, because she's I pregnant. Thought it, and she's pregnant, but I thought know. it was because she, like, smelled Richard E. Grant. <laughs> Or saw him in the bathtub. Because I, like, looked away for five seconds and then, like, she was throwing up. Or did she drink some alcohol and then throw it up? No, she threw up because she was pregnant. Okay. Because remember, she she gives her husband for Christmas uh... her used pregnancy test. (laughs) This movie sounds really good, doesn't it? Um, And then he's like, oh my god, it's a pregnancy test. And then she tucks in Eli and he's like, do you believe in angels? And she's like, I don't remember what she said. Um, it was boring. It was boring. You know what else was boring? It was weird. Like, they have this new son, and they finally reveal to him that they had a previously dead son. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't know it all. He didn't know it all before. And then they both start violently crying for the next, like, 15 <laughs> minutes around him, in front of him, all over the place. And he's just there. Oh, my favorite was when they were having the fight about the mortgage, and he kept walking over to, like, talk to them about the toy helicopter, and yeah, he that just... That was the one realistic thing he did. Yeah. After a while, he just goes, I'll just stand over here. He also only wears one outfit. Like, Tony's like, do you want to buy new clothes? He's like, no, I need to look good, and... I need to wear this suit at all times. She should have been like, that doesn't look good. I know. So anyway, Christmas morning arrives. Christmas morning? Okay. Um, There is no more... Eli. Eli. The the child (laughs) has disappeared, left them a note that's like... Yeah. That kind of explains the whole operation, but not... She gets a phone call at the same time. Yes. From From first. From from the foster A very creepy phone call that says... I finally got around to asking like Mary, Mrs. Mrs. Lang, about the child Eli that you say you've adopted. But we've never had anybody named Eli here. Not and a the, single child. Not a single child has been named Eli. And the paperwork you gave us, the picture was blank. 
Oh, and creepy as fuck. Creepy as fuck. And then she looks at the Legoland uh, driver's Tony, licenses. Tony but... drops her mug oh, in slow motion and it so crashes good. to the floor. Is that your best prop? She, I don't remember what my best prop is. I'll figure <laughs> it out along the way. But she goes to these pictures that they got taken at Legoland, basically. And wherever Eli's face should be, it's just blank. And she very the ring. It's very the ring. And she drops the phone and starts screaming. And the husband finds the letter from Eli that's like... But he's I, already okay with it. Like, he's, he's, he's read totally it and he's cool. so chill. And I don't even think that Eli's letter correctly explains the premise of what has happened. He's just like, I have to go away now, but I know that you're ready for what's to come. That they're going to have a baby. And that, And they're like, wouldn't that in real life be so traumatic and not at all helpful no yeah like oh i finally have another kid after my kid died and he's the same age that my kid would be now oh he should also leave me yeah because i'm gonna have another one in nine months also very strange sort of anti-adoption like subtext where they're like well now that they have the real baby they don't need the fake one anymore i thought that was fucked up too so weird and from the beginning when her like sister says why don't you consider adoption and she's like adoption fuck no well she kind of wants she warms up to it 10 minutes later a child that's not my own it's so insane and then the next day when they're going to the foster home and he's like pretty much like sneering at all the children they're like you'll never have real parents it's so horrible Yeah, I, I don't know. That The messaging is very strange. Like, they finally bonded with this kid, yeah. and he just fucking disappears. He had literally just called Alec dad, like, the day mm-hmm. before. It's a wonderful life, for sure. God. Um, so, we're 20 minutes into the podcast. This is a thin episode. <laughs> we're 20 minutes into the podcast, and I don't know if we have that much more to talk about honestly no but we can come up with something we always do okay a twist that i thought was going to happen when tony announced that she was pregnant i thought that eli was going to kill the baby because then it's revealed that he richard e grant who was weirdly apparently playing multiple supporting um background roles the whole film but we didn't yeah he like works at the foster did we see him in these roles or no I, i have no idea because you know what that reminds me of? Have you seen The Woman in Black? No. You never saw that? No. Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe, right? Yeah, so it's really fucking scary, actually. Um, But, like, towards the end of the movie... So, can I talk about The Woman in Black? Yes. So, <laughs> I saw it for my 17th birthday. Ooh. Um, and I brought some of my friends. Um, And it was a good time. But, so, the whole plot of that movie, which is probably... It's also not that good, but it's probably better than this is that this demonic, um, malignant spirit, um, who, I forget her name, but she's the woman in black anyway, and this ha- she haunts this mm-hmm. house, and she haunts this village, and she convinces young children to kill themselves. Um, Love that. Like, yeah, it's like, and it's very scary, but at the end of the movie, Dan Radcliffe is, like, thinking back to all these locations that he was at these, like, times of incident, and he... And you see the woman in black in the background of all these shots. So she's this very tall, veiled being. Mm-hmm. So that's what that reminded me yeah. of. Yeah. That movie is good. <laughs> we should oh, watch it. Something that really confused me about this movie was that it had a post credit scene. 
Oh, no. Well, okay, a mid credit so I scene. almost stopped watching. I yeah. paused it, but I realized the credits hadn't actually started and there was no music. Mm. And so, for whatever reason, my instinct was like, just press play again. And then there he was walking down the street. it's revealed that not only is the child and the homeless person an angel, but also <laughs> so are Mrs. Lang and the woman who refused to give Tony Collette any information about the files. Which means So the, the whole foster care facility is angels. So they both need to check into, like, inpatient. Yeah. Because they both hallucinated. They fully went to a place that doesn't exist. The whole place doesn't exist. Because at the beginning, at at the doctor's office, Richard E. Grant is the one who puts the foster home brochure in front of her. And she grabs it immediately. Fuck. Why were they chosen? Yeah. Oh, you know why? Because they named their kid Samuel, which is your name. That's true. And it means, That's very true. What does it mean? Heard by God. Yeah, like God has heard. Or God something. has heard. I don't know. God has heard their pleas. At least it wasn't like, like it was vaguely religious in the way that like It's a Wonderful Life is. Mm. But it wasn't like overtly like one of those movies where like, oh my God, I lost my arm, but Jesus saved me. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This movie did feel very 2002. Like, it came out, came out in that year. 2011. I know. Yeah, way so after Yoan Griffith's career ended. <laughs> what is Tony doing? I don't know. What other movie did she shoot during Tara? Um, I don't know if she shot it during Tara, but the next movie we're covering is Fright Night. That sounds more fun. Yeah. Who's in that? Um, I don't know. But we're having Art Kai and Tristan Williams on for that episode, hopefully. I don't know them. I mean, they're nice. Oh, it's got a 72% on. Oh my god, Anton Yelchin's in it. Hey! And Imogen Poots. Ooh. And Colin Farrell. Okay. And David Tennant. Oh, sick. (laughs) We have to pad this episode out. (laughs) Yeah. How would you have written this movie differently? Um, I would have had Eli been evil. Okay, so I feel like you could re-edit it, like... To make it with, scary. Take out all the music. Oh, take yeah. all the colors differently. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's got a very stylized, like, palette. Like I said, like, it's very pastel, like... Yeah. Like, I wrote if it was, like, if Easter... If the vibe of Easter that was makes a sense. movie. That makes sense. It looks like that. So Resurrection, t- in a way. Sure, if you tinted everything. But I mean, like, the visual, like, like peeps and, like, green and, like, bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> so I would probably not have him disappear at the end. Mm. I think that uh, maybe with this movie, they, they should have just tossed it. <clears throat> Toss the whole thing. Yeah, just doesn't need to exist. Yeah, I mean... The concept of bringing in a foster child to prepare you for the real baby is not a take that we need to see. Actually true, but also... It's not also a good replacement for your... Um, dead son? Dead son. Oh, yeah. Like, they didn't even discuss real issues that come when your kid dies. It was Like, so... rabbit hole? Yeah. <clears throat> It was so 
the movie. Like, because what if this was Tony's Australian rebuke of Nicole Kidman in Rabbit Hole? <gasps> Rabbit Hole was 2010. At one point, Tony Collette says to the homeless man, "You're you are every child of every parent who ever <gasps> lost his way," and that felt mean. That was mean, and all he I thought he was gonna like slap her. Yeah. And he was like, "Happy Christmas." <sighs> also, why did they kick him out on the street? So they invited weird. him for dinner. Might as well let him sleep over. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> should we move on to awards? I think we should, but also real quick, I saw in an article that this movie was um, being reported as a feel-good sixth sense. What the? F- I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this I like. <sighs> I. I- I just, there, there's just nowhere to go with this movie, I feel like. Because it touched upon so many things and didn't delve into any of them. I liked when they went to Legoland, though. Legoland was a fun scene. Oh, when the dad is, like, harassing that minimum wage worker for uh, the triggered. pictures. I'm like, why do you love treating laborers badly? I know, yeah, and the guy's like, hey, none of us have been paid, like please pay us and he's like i can't i'm so in debt sorry and they all leave and he's like why did they leave and he takes his kid to legoland fuck you why didn't they unionize truly also, a toy factory yeah come on <laughs> <laughs> all right what awards okay. are you gonna give uh, awards. here on the tony awards we give three awards to each movie the first of which is we best have prop. to give three awards to each movie. we must uh, what was your best prop? My best prop was um, the um, copious amounts of money they inexplicably have um, because he literally takes a cab home from school. He orders some Chinese food. He They go to Legoland just to cheer up. He makes them get ice cream. They do all these things a seven-year-old says to do, and I'm like, you guys have zero dollars right now. Yeah. Like... They're bad parents. They're bad parents. They're bad. You they're can't just stupid. say yes to everything that your kid wants. Well, yeah, but their kid died, maybe. Uh, my best prop is the dad's candy that is shaped like U.S. presidents that he offers somebody who comes into his office. I was like, that's why you're in debt. <laughs> Get normal candy. Oh, I have another stray observation. Oh, okay. We can just throw this in here. The closed captions are on. I had them on, of course. Mm. Um, And they were uh, censored for all the swearing. Because there is some swearing. Um, So when when Eli says sucks, the closed captions say (laughs) stinks. Oh my god. And when Tony says hell, it says heck. And then later, one of the, like, businessmen says bloody. And it says blooming. Oh my god. Which I just realized that blooming is the bloody equivalent in huh. Britain. Because you know that's a bad word there. Yeah. Okay. Next up is best Tony moment. Uh, <laughs> mine was when they were in the car and that song Venus started playing. Mm-hmm. And the kid was singing along and then Tony started singing along solely to spite the dad. Yeah, but then he's like, come on guys, sing. Yeah. And then the dad sings. Yeah. What was your That was your favorite moment for mm-hmm. Tony. Mine was also in the car, but later when they're going to Legoland and 
the dad is like, oh, because he's like, why don't you invent more toys or something? And the dad's like, well, my well of inspiration is run dry. And Tony, like, fully just rolls her eyes at him. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, so dramatic. <laughs> and I think that was also Tony rolling her eyes at the script. I hope so. So. <clears throat> uh, what was your custom award? Um, what did I put? I'm looking for it. What is yours? Uh, mine is the Gilmore Girls Award for talking about how poor you are, but having endless amounts of money. Did they do that there? Yeah. Oh, and um, Sex and the City, too. Oh, my God. Well, that, they don't talk about being poor, but they never work, or Carrie never works, and she goes out six times a day. Yeah. Gilmore Girls, though. Do, what do they do? Well, Gilmore Girls, like, the whole thing is, um, I don't know. They just seem to always have money for stuff. Oh, I forgot. My award was actually about the gay about a boy. <laughs> but I also really like the, um, I'm going to give a special shout out to worst best line of this worst best movie. Um, of when she, Tony, which I fully believe now that she decided to use this accent for, like, no reason at all. Because it's not like anyone else is Welsh in this movie. Oh, Besides yeah. her and Yoan. She goes, you're a very special wee young man. To, um, Eli, and he says, you too. To her. My best worst lines or both lines that tony had to say unfortunately um but they're all about how they were written the first being in the first few minutes of the movie when she says ever since the accident i was like end it and then when they're at legoland and she's like for a minute i almost forgot about and then just kind of trails off and the husband is like i know the accident Anytime you're referring to the accident. Like, get out of here. God, okay. That movie would have even been a little bit better if their kid hadn't died. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, because it was... That's too many layers. It was, it, was, it, was, it was an inappropriate addition to the movie. Like, if they're not gonna... It's like a Chekhov's gun thing. Like, if you're not gonna use it, don't put it in. No, nah, absolutely. And they didn't use it. They didn't. They just had the in dad fact, cry at his grave and say, I have a hole in my heart. Yeah, it just made it worse when he disappeared. But I love that coffee cup exploding in slow motion. That was great. That was fun. The whole movie should have been like that. Yeah. God, okay. So, come to trivia at DTUT <laughs> Monday nights at 8.30. Follow oh. us on Instagram. The podcast has a Twitter now. Oh, yeah, we do. God. Okay, that's our podcast. Bye. No, I want to oh. stay forever and languish Do in the film. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> no, I don't.